Hey, 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 Black Drivers, we are back. Part two of Women Arise. Women Arise, rise up, wake rise up. up. Ladies, you Women. need to wake up, you're tired again. You guys, last podcast, last Friday, you were hilarious. You were like out of control. I'm always out of control. Well, I know, but let's let's try to focus today. <laughs> you sound like all my teachers I've ever had. <laughs> all right, guys, we've we've moved into focus. a new series uh, again for our Patreon people. It's video on Wednesday for our podcast people on Apple and SoundCloud. Yes. It's on Fridays, and we're hitting women. You feel like we're, hitting women. <laughs> we're not hitting women? No. <laughs> We, we are don't hit women. Oh, sorry. Oh gosh, we're <laughs> on uh, the subject of women and how amazing they are. We're not hitting them no, or abusing them. And um, you feel like there's a call right now for a spirit of mothering to rise up in our nation I in America. I do. Okay. I think that uh, what we talked about was um, just the different, um, really, what's happening in our country right now, and taking it back to judges um, and talking about Deborah. Deborah. Okay. She literally declared over herself. She prophesied over herself. I, a woman. I, I Deborah. A mother in Israel. Mother, in, yeah. A, she arose, going to arise. Everything changed. Yes. She was empowered. Oh. And so that's, I think that's, that's the theme of today is the empowering of mothers. Um, I, the saddest conversations I have are from mothers who heard their children are just lost in depression, anxiety. I have a whole group of mothers on Facebook that, you know, their kids committed suicide. A lot of them are military children that um, did, couldn't get help. Um, the system really failed them and, and just their struggle and their pain and a lot of opiate overdoses. Yep. And I think the the theme in all those losses that those mothers have experienced is that their children were in pain and their children were looking for a way out of pain. Yes. And I think we have to take responsibility as the adults of this country and say, instead of just, you know, medicating our children, let's figure out what's really going on. Because people didn't use words like depression and anxiety to the point that we do now. And I know everyone says we didn't talk about mental health, but I think we think we're in a mental health crisis when actually what our children are doing is just reacting to the world around them. Yes. And they need older people to come around them and say, you're supposed to have fears. That's part fears of being okay. human. Yeah. But you were created to be an overcomer. Right. And let me show you how to do that. Right. And I think that would really change everything. I have these conversations with all of our kids at some point have come to me and said, I'm just, I just, anxiety is ruling my life. I'm depressed, whatever. And so Obviously, we take those conversations really seriously. I'm not criticizing mothers or fathers for having children that are struggling because, you know, we have a dead we have a dead kid. Yeah, so we have a dead son. We obviously, we have no judgment for yeah, anyone. Right. But I'm saying, like, let's look at what's really happening in society. And I think what's really happening is a spirit of fear has been invited in. I Absolutely. really think we've like opened the doors and said, "Come on in." And destroy my family and my marriage and my children and my whatever. And we've done it because we've been sleeping. We're not paying attention to what, what's going on. Well, and what, what's happened with COVID is it's like any way that a spirit operates. You call yourself depressed enough. You invite a spirit of depression right. to come and attach itself to that depression, to you. We have said in America, we are our new God is fear mm -hmm. and compromise and comfort. Yep. And, and that we've opened a door for a spirit of fear. To come onto our country and that's what COVID is well and the ownership of the words has to be acknowledged because anytime i speak to young women 
And I say, please, all I'm going to ask you to do as a mother, as an older woman, as a Deborah to your generation of Esther's is please don't own it. You can say, I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with anxiety. I need, I'm seeking help for these areas. But this generation says my depression, my anxiety. And that's, that's literally like putting it on and owning it. You wouldn't believe some of the girls that come up to me afterward. They're like, it is my depression. It is my anxiety. Who are you to tell me? I'm like, fine, stay in it. I'm just telling you, you keep claiming that over your life. It is going to become who you are. Well, it is again, and I've said this, but it's my only issue with Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a beautiful salvation steps. Step zero is that I'm just in a room and I'm being accepted. And then all the way to 12, you're getting free, except that they have you own your alcoholism for the rest of your life. You have to say it every time. And and the truth is you do have to own it. You do have to say, look, I am an alcoholic or I am depressed or I am, but I am going to break the agreement with that. Right. And I'm going to walk free from depression or anxiety or pornography or whatever. Right. I think that's where we need to start. We need to break some of these agreements and to sit down a teenager and say, you've got to quit saying this or doing this is probably not going to go really well. Right. And that's why I suggest women start in their prayer closet, like just pray and ask the Lord. Well, I was going to ask you on this, the last podcast, but anytime you start counseling a young wife, Mm -hmm. what's the first thing you tell them to do? Pray. The book, the book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to, um, it was uh, books that I read when I was a young, young, young mother and wife. But um, I tell whenever someone is struggling with their marriage or their motherhood or whatever, if I, I get their history and we have all kinds of conversations, but I say, you need to buy this book and it's just scripture, but it's scripture that's lined out for whatever your situation is. And like, you've got to pick that, you know, when you're telling me my husband is the problem and believe me, I thought you were the problem. And then I picked <laughs> up this book. Yeah. Well, he kind of was, but I picked up the book and it said, Lord, give my husband a new wife and let it be me. And so I had to take ownership for my responsibility. So my prayers were not manipulative so that you would change so that my life would be easier. I had to look at how am I reacting? How am I responding? What am I speaking? How am I, how am I serving him? How am I doing this? And I do the same thing with the kids. Hey, I want to do a little plug for our all things marriage Facebook group because I post there every day, some really good stuff. I know. Like it was on the subject this morning. It was so good. good. Okay. Okay. So Deborah rose up. She claimed herself. She prophesied. And and at the time, Israel was under attack and under war, but no, everybody laid Nobody their spears. Was fighting. Everybody laid their shields down, and she said, "It's time for a woman to take a hold of this thing and rise up." And you know how we've let our swords down and our shields down in America is we've stopped having conversations with real people, and we spend way too much time on social media. Yes, <laughs> I watch. You go to you know hardly ever go to restaurants anymore because it's not fun. But it's always sad to me when there's a family sitting in a restaurant, everybody's on their phone, no one's I'm like the point of eating together is to have a breaking conversation. bread, breaking the body, you know, remembering like Christ and having a dinner together, a meal. Caleb and his his girlfriend came into town and we celebrated Keaton's birthday. And um we had, you know, Tom Davis and Gideon all everybody was here from out of town and we just naturally did what we always do. We ate, we had some wine, we laughed, and then we wanted to celebrate Keaton and her life. And so we all came around her and blessed her verbally and prayed for her. And there were two or three people had never seen anything like that. Like, can I come back to your house? Right. And it wasn't a religious, weird, uncomfortable thing. It was just like, let's speak life into this young woman. Let's prophesy, let's prophesy life over her. Woman. Let's yes. remind her who she is because she's awesome. And and start her 22nd year off with a bang. And, and the, the people that were in the house were like, yes. This Tom is- was like, I love this. I <laughs> forgot. I need to prophesy more. And 
Noah's little girlfriend, she's awesome. Haley was just like, I've never seen anything yeah. like this. Can I come back to these kind of things? And, and let me just say, that's our life, guys. We constantly live kingdom ways of life. And I know we don't understand what kingdom is in, in America, but it's not that you have to go to a community or go to a church or go somewhere for something cool to happen. You just have to have people show up in your living room break bread and Holy Spirit always breaks out. It's just what we do exactly. all the time. Right. Yes. Okay. So it's life women. Yes. Bring life. So the encouragement I would want to give to mothers that have children that are really struggling is that you do have authority in the spirit. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with drugs or doing what you have to do. Like we've been at the very end with some of our kids and like we would do anything to fight for them, but we've got to take that place back. And so I feel like I, I am part of a generation of Deborah's, which is the older women. And we're called to a generation of Esther's. And here's, what's really true about this generation that they, I, I'm as tired of older people putting down the younger generation as the younger generation is hearing it. It's just, it's not effective. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't work. A waste of time. And, and you just, you just put a wall work. up between the generations. So now they can't <laughs> trust you and now they're not going to share anything with you, but really who Gen Z is, who our Noah is. And then we've got a bunch of millennials that, um, <laughs> float around, <laughs> floating all over the place. But the asters will say, I will go into the King's chambers no matter what, or, for such a time of this, as this, and if I die, I die. If I die, I die. Which every time I say that to Noah, he gets really upset because he wants me to stay. But every time I get ready to go on an international flight, he's like, "Are you sure Turkey's safe, Mom?" I'm like, "If I die, if I if I perish, I perish." He's like, "I really need a mom." So I'd appreciate if you didn't keep saying that. But that is who we're dealing with here. We are dealing with a generation that is looking for something greater than themselves to fight for. Yes something much greater than themselves to fight for. Young men want responsibility. They just don't know that. Young women want to be warriors and something to fight for alongside these women. Women are warriors. They are man. warriors. They are powerful warriors. That's why if you haven't watched Wonder Woman, you need to study it. It's and there's a difference between a woman who's a warrior and a little girl who's a bitch. Can I say that? Maybe you should bleep that out, Caleb. Caleb. Thank you. Is it true? Right. There's 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 bitchy older women that just complain in that. Let's talk about that. OK. OK, because this is this is a, a feminist issue <clears throat> that always comes up. And I, I am drawn to strong women. I love strong women. I find them amazing to spend time with. Here's the difference between being a strong woman and being a bitch is strong women can articulate their thoughts without being snarky or hateful. Okay. And there is nothing more unattractive than a woman who's been gifted with intelligence that instead just puts a little dig in there towards an entire group of people or men or whatever. Right away, I'm done. Yeah. I don't care what she has to say after that because she's acting like a child. Right. The, the well-spoken, strong women don't have to be sarcastic, hateful, or bitter because they're confident in what they're saying and what they believe. And they just say it and they leave it there. This, it reminds me like what Karen Dilbeck's is, what she's becoming. She just says it. She says it with elegance. Yeah. And she leaves it there. She's very graceful and very classy, right? but you listen to what she says. But like, you listen. And you want to hear what she has to say next. Right. Yeah. But the second somebody stands up and they're just condescending, critical, just they know more. Well, it just and I've been a part of a lot of women's days or gender days at different events that we do. And a couple of times when I went before I was speaking and I was kind of feeling things out. That most of those days started with man trashing. 
And I went into a meeting once and I said, I really think we can do this better. I think we can encourage a generation of young women without trashing men. Yes. Give me the stage and I'll show you how it's done. Come on. And I did. No one's going to trash half of the population in my presence and me just go, okay, that's great. I don't understand why we won't. It's so horrible if we, we judge someone on their religion, the color of their skin or their race. But if they don't agree with us, it's okay to be hateful. Yeah. And that's what it feels like in our country right now. Yeah. It feels like that in social media, especially these young white girls who are so bitter and angry and for the Black Lives Matter. I, it's hard to listen to them because they don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah. And they're just bitter and fighting something that they really don't have a fight in that. No, well, they don't even know what's happening. In that game. They can't. They yeah. can't know what's happening. Right. You have to get involved and you have to get involved in your city. And, and go do something. Go do something. Quit talking about it. And go do something. <laughs> right. Go volunteer for crying out loud. <laughs> okay. So Esther 14, uh, or sorry, 414. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise. Ooh, there There's that is. word again. Yeah. For the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Right. So if we don't do it, someone else is going to. Right. And, it's going to come from another place. Absolutely. I don't want what my children ingest or my husband ingest to come from another place. I want it to come from me because nobody knows what's better for my family. Okay. So what if I'm um, a young woman, an older woman listening to this, and uh, you just read that scripture and I've kind of buried my head in the sand. I'm in fear. This COVID thing has taken me out. My husband's being a jerk, whatever. You just gave me an excuse that somebody else is going to do it. I don't have to go do it. No, it's not an excuse. It's a command because it's your job. So no one else can do your job like you can. No one can raise my kids like I can. No one can take care of you like a what? Well, can. yes. Nobody can call forth the truth of what my family was called to, except for me. There's no other person that can come in and do that the way it's supposed to be. It's going it's to be shallow. It's going to be less than. So, so it's when, not going to be empowered. So when we talk kingdom, when we use that language, and I know most of us don't understand that language, we're talking your kingdom. What is yours to do? It's your favorite Francis Assisi quote, right? I've done what was mine to do. Now you yeah, go do what's do yours, yours to do. To do. And my, my realm of influence is what I'm commanded to influence. Mm -hmm. And for Esther, it was the Jewish people. Yes. For us, it is a generation. Yes. For you, it could be, it's just those two babies. It's those five babies or not just, I mean, that's just as big as a call of anything else. Um, but it is yours to do. Mm -hmm. And that's your kingdom. That's yeah. what you get to rule in and bring authority to and, 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 and break the chaos up to, to bring boundaries and life to. Right. Absolutely. Okay. And, and your words are powerful. So before I tuck Noah in every nap or everyone, I say, Noah, you are beautiful and powerful without regret. And you're a man of integrity, a man of, a man of truth and a man of God. And he has grown up to be that. Like he's really a man of truth and a man of integrity. I he had a hickey it. though. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, right, he doesn't listen. Bleep that out. <laughs> he's 17. That's what you do. 17. Give you a okay. okay, so focus. You're the problem. <laughs> this is very serious stuff. Okay, I'm I know women here. are rising up. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so the the younger women have to open their heart a little bit to allow older women to speak in, but older women also have to be aware of how they're saying things because just because you have mm -hmm. the information doesn't mean someone's asking for it. 
So I don't give okay, advice. Okay, wait, say that, say that one more time. <laughs> Just because you have the information doesn't mean someone's asking for it. That's really good. When I have my daughters, my daughter-in-law, whatever, will bring something to me and I'll say, are you asking for my opinion or do you just want me to listen to you? Well, and I had to learn to say that to you as a powerful woman. And 90% of the time, I just want you to listen to me and say, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yes, on the first part, most of the time, I just get to listen and not try to fix anything. Uh But now I will tell you, I'll look at you and I say, I need you. Remember that time I thought I was having a heart attack and I was like, I don't know if this is spiritual, physical, or what, but I think I probably need to go to the emergency room. I need you to be my husband, my pastor, and my doctor right now. You said, okay. I was very specific about what I need. And women, can I please beg you to be very specific be with very us, men, specific. They're not stupid, but they are well, simple. We're simple. They're very simple. All right. Um, so you don't you don't need, they're not, no one's looking for like a psychologist. If somebody wanted a psychologist, they'd go find one or a counselor or whatever. What they're looking for is someone to say, I have been there. Like you were just saying, like this woman is, she's overwhelmed. I've been completely overwhelmed with our family. I felt completely hopeless. I felt like I was failing on every level. And some of my kids will still tell you how I did. And that's fine. It's, it's real. I did fail in a lot of ways. But it, when someone older said to me, I, I've actually been there. I've actually had four teenagers at once and you're going to survive this. Yeah, you're going to make it. And, and here's, here's, here's what I did. Yep. You, if you want to try that, that's great. But this is what I did. Well, it's, it's interesting because, we, we, I mean, you can say I did. I had a husband that died and I made it. Yeah. I, 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 it was hard and I almost didn't, but I made it. Right. We've had a child that's dead, gone, and we're still here. Now, that's been extremely difficult. And sometimes we don't want to be here, um, <laughs> but we're here. We have other children, our own biological children, that don't really like us, complain about us. Can you believe uh, that? We're still here. Um, and I know now when I'm listening to a young person, because this is what we do as a for our living, we listen to thousands of young people tell us their stories. When they start complaining about their parents, I'm, I'm quick to say, do you think your parents did the best job that they knew how? Now, if they were abused, it was sexual, whatever, I get that. But most of the time, parents did the best job that they knew. They how to were do. just human beings doing the best that they could. Right. And so for women, women are have been trying to do the best that they can do. But you're saying there's a call right now that women can step into even more authority and rise up even more. Yeah. Where's that? What's where's that coming from? Are we going? Well, it's just I mean, just the example of what we what's needed on the earth right now. Just like we talked about for however many episodes we did about the need for fathers, the need for mothers. Is just as strong. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, we have to work together. We have to take the fathering spirit that is protective and provides and disciplines and speaks truth and love and then take the nurturing spirit. We have to work that together. But women have so much to offer. Like there's, if you have lived on the earth for a period of time, you have gone through some type of pain. Yes. Unless you've lived in a bubble and, and managed I mean, I'm really happy for you, but most people, the longer you're on the earth, the more pain you're going to experience, the more loss you're going to experience, the more it's sickness. It's promised, it's guaranteed, it's going it's to happen. happen, right. And so a lot of times we look at that when we're maybe my age and say, well, this disqualifies me. Nobody wants to listen to a woman with a dead child about parenting tips, right? <laughs> but I'm like, hey, actually, I have a lot to say about that. Yeah. And because every, you overcame. I overcame the grief and the, and the pain but I can't, I still can't tell someone what I would do different. People always come up to me. And this, this, this question, don't ever ask, ask me this question after I speak. Don't come up to me and say, what would you do different? Because what you're saying to me is 
you messed up somehow or your kid wouldn't be dead. So this is on you. Tell me how I cannot mess up so my kid won't be dead. Right. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, but there's some truth to that. I guess, but it doesn't feel very good. Doesn't I don't appreciate feel- I don't appreciate that answer because I'm like, do you honestly think that I didn't do everything I possibly could of course. to save my child? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's, and we did. That's not cool. Yeah. Okay. So it is, but it is, I could have stopped there. I right. Said, and this is the end. And again, we're we're always talking about transformation. We we allowed the pain to transform us into authority so that we can help other families with their children or mm-hmm. suicide or whatever happens. If we would have stayed in it and just anesthetized it and not dealt with it, we would have no authority. We'd have no room to speak. So do you understand that? If you're depressed, stop trying to get rid of your depression. Ask why it's there. Start to be transformed by that that, that depression. Let that become alive in you so that you walk into healing so that you can walk others into healing. So women, young women, listen very closely because as you become a woman, you're going to impart to them how to step into womanhood so they can pull others into womanhood. Well, and this is the most difficult thing for mothers is we want to protect our children. We don't, it's a natural thing to not want them to feel any pain. And so we have a generation of mothers that are trying to avoid pain for their children at all costs. I was shocked about 10 years ago when a group of mothers I was with were like manipulating the entire school system so that their kid would have a certain teacher. And they were calling other mothers if their kid wasn't invited to their birthday party because they, their kid was then being bullied or left out. I said, actually, your kid's kind of a brat and I wouldn't invite him to my house either because your child doesn't know how to behave because you're not teaching him how to behave. So it's actually on you. But now you're trying to manipulate these other mothers. We have a whole generation, but probably two generations of mothers now that think that's what being a mother is. Yeah. And, and I've loved that women have stepped back up and said, look, and when things are off, I'm going to call them off. Yeah. But when you get into, as a little girl will do, manipulating and controlling the situation to try to coddle your kid. You're, you're in sin as far as I'm concerned. That's just crazy. Stuff. Well, and they would ask me like, aren't you trying to figure out who, who your kid's teacher is? I said, no, I figure God picks their teacher and they're going to learn what they're supposed to learn from that teacher. And hopefully it's not a great teacher so that they can actually learn something <laughs> of how to behave when yeah, it's not good. Exactly. But the pain doesn't disqualify you. And it, it, it only stops you if you let it stop you. It actually is. If you take that pain and you let it transform you, you will be a more compassionate person. That's Absolutely. You will either become very bitter in your pain and let it fester and, and, and you transmit it on and, everyone else and transmit it on else, or you're going to be able to look at younger women and, and have compassion instead of judgment on them. That's so good. And say, you're doing the first thing I say when I meet with a young mom is you're doing a great job. Like, please quit being so hard on yourself. This is a really hard job and it changes by the hour, especially when you have little or kids the minute. and it is parenting is a long game. Yes. You know, it is not a short game. It's a, it whole, is a, life. It's a whole lifetime. Yeah. And you can't, that's, I think the hardest thing about parenting period, but especially mothering <clears> is <throat> it is not uh, science. It is an art. I loved how James Dobson put it. He said, you can take the same eggs and stick them in a pot to hard boil them. And they'll all come out different if you take them out at the same time. And he was, he was using that analogy for our children. We can have children in the same home and they all come out different Mm -hmm. because there's no science to it. No, there's no science to (laughs) it. There's not. No. And I always, you know, if like there was a couple of our kids, if they were our only kids, I would have been so judgmental towards other people because they were such lovely children. Yes. And I would think, what is it? (laughs) <laughs> I have a couple children. Oh, okay. Like, I don't know. We have one. Yes. Okay. I like them. 
Okay. So the purpose, um, a woman's role is always changing, right? So you're a little girl, then you're a teenager, and then you're just discovering womanhood, and then you become romantically involved, and all those things happen. Then you become a mother, and then your eggs dry up like mine are now, <laughs> have hot flashes and all these different things. Your roles are always changing, hmm. but your purpose never changes. Okay. And your purpose is what? I don't know. I thought you were going to tell me. The purpose <laughs> of a woman is to bring life in everything that they do. She 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 brings life. She brings life. We are life-giving beings. Yes. And we sustain life. Yes. You bring it and you sustain it. So that's why gossip and negative speaking is so powerfully horrible because it is the opposite of what you're created to do. You were created to speak life. So when you look at someone and you put so them good. down instead of compliment them or lift them up, it's you are literally walking in the opposite of what you were created to do. And that's why it's very destructive. Wow. That's so good. So it's, it's really how you <clears throat> celebrate the people around you. Cause I don't bake. You know, I, there's a lot of things that stereotypical or make you a mother that I don't do. But what I did do was look my kids in the eye all the time and tell them who they were. I did listen to them. I did open up a space. They, they liked to talk while I was cooking. And, you know, your boys especially had a lot of words. They would follow me around the kitchen, Michael and Caleb around the kitchen and tell me all about their day and everything they did. I made that space available because that was what they needed. They needed a place to just talk. If I interrupted them constantly and told them what they were doing wrong or why they shouldn't think that way, they wouldn't talk to me anymore. Right. So I just listened. Good. Just listened. And then you wait and then you find the the wisdom. And through that, you were bringing life, which is what women do. Yeah. And I tried because I actually watched Oprah one day and um, there was a guest on there that said, your children will know everything they need to know about how you greet them at the door. And when we first brought Noah home from the hospital, he was the baby of six and all the kids were coming from middle school and elementary school, and whatever. When they would come in, the first thing I would say is wash your hands. And I was like, <laughs> cause I still run to the sink when I come in. <laughs> wash your hands. And now of course I know the germs are really good for the baby, but I, I just didn't want them like picking up the pacifier and stuff, but I saw their faces sink. Cause the first thing when they walk in the door was I'd say, wash your hands or pick up your backpack or put your shoes away or whatever. And they were like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> And so I, ch I changed my speech. That's and so, so I started saying, how was your day? I'm so glad you're home. Tell me all about it. Totally. Sh their faces completely shifted. Yeah. I do the same thing with you. You, you just do. never picked up on it. No, I mean, I'm glad now that you're saying it, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I remember the day Hi, that baby, changed. How was your day? <laughs> Tell me everything. Instead of throwing a child at me and running. Yes. <laughs> no, no martinis, but that's awesome. Okay. So we, I mean, obviously we are, we carry life within us and we sustain that life, which is a miracle, but it's actually the seed of words, I think are the, are the truth of what brings life more than anything else and brings more death. So, so you, you were talking Esther. Do you think that in Esther saying, if I perish, I perish that brought life to that situation? Yeah. Oh, well, cause she was, she was brave and she was willing to do what she had. She had a greater call on her life than to just live for herself. So she wasn't focused on me, what I need, what she was focused on an entire people group that needed her to step up. And she's like, if I die, I die, but I'm going to live a, my call. And that's we're all, we all are called to live for something bigger than ourselves. People that get depressed <clears throat> are people that are watching Netflix and not taking showers and filling their mind with garbage all the time. I guarantee if you shut off Netflix or Facebook and, and read the word of God, your depression would go away. Absolutely. And 
what the narrative of how we read scripture, how we live life. There's a big difference between Western Christianity and Eastern Christianity. There's a huge difference between the rest of the world's Christianity and America's Christianity. It's all about me and I'm individualists. That's how I read all these stories. For Esther, she knew it wasn't about her. It was about a whole nation. And so it was easy for her to say, if I perish, I perish, because she understood the story was much bigger than herself. And I think what a mothering spirit carries is a mother, if there's anything on the planet, anything, a mother will sacrifice and give way more than a man will. Because she carries that life. And she'll stay. And she understands it's much bigger yeah. than her. I mean, we watch women in Africa by living there. Those women in Africa are the heroes of the world. They're I, tough, I, man. They are. Un, I mean, they did everything. They had the baby strapped and swaddled. We talked about it on the last podcast. And they'd go down and have to get the water. They had to cook the food. Risking they, their life. There was no men. Crocodiles the men in the water. bailed about 60 years ago. Um, and so you look at these examples of what women are women. and then especially the go-go's yeah. in swaziland the grandmas they ran everything I know. and if it wasn't for them every kid would be dead I, it's really true and so to me that's what you're saying is that the that spirit of a woman of a mother is is on you for the world yeah it's not on you for yourself and it's it to, it's totally transferable. It's not just your biological children. Because when we were, the first go-go Elizabeth was taking care of, what, 90 little kids when yes. we met her? And I don't think any of them were biologically related to her. No, I, I think, think she had one daughter and she didn't have any children. So she was taking care of <clears throat> other people's children. And we are called to take care of other people. If someone can't do it, we need to step in and do it for them. Whatever, it doesn't matter the reason why they can't do it we've got to step in and do it because the children actually really matter. Like they literally are our future. <laughs> they really do matter. But, Go ahead. But no, I just wanted to say to that, that I hear quite often now, not all the time, but often uh, young women saying that they don't want to have children. Yeah. And young men saying they don't want to have children. Yep. Guess what guys, we are kingdom people. We are life sources. We want to create more and more children on the planet to cover the planet, to make it look like the garden of Eden. We don't run from these things. We run to them. Right? So if you're wrestling right now, if you even want to be a mom, I can promise you it is a huge blessing and gift yeah, it is. to become a mother. And now, again, exactly some of you may be called a celibacy. I bless that. I love that. I it's know. not, we don't <laughs> No, you're not. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Right. We could all say, nope, hey, never had that blessing. Man. No, uh, happening there. but listen, I, I'm serious. I want you to really pray about that because if you do have a special call in your life of celibacy, that's brilliant and beautiful and your life will go. It'll be much easier for you. <laughs> I promise. If you're afraid to have kids because you don't know how you're going to pay for it, stop and just have a kid. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I, all this planning. Or just take one that's already on the earth. There's yeah, there's lots of kids homes. to go mother and father. So Yeah, and but okay, so here's why are they afraid? That's what I want yeah, to know. Why? Because why in one or two generations have we gone from, of course I'm going to get married. Of course I'm going to have kids. And when I have kids, blah, 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 blah. That was, I never thought of anything different, did you? Like never. it was just part of it. Right. And why are we having these conversations now? I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it goes back to fear. It's all fear motivated. How will I pay for them? How will I take care of them? What's happening in the world? If you're filling your mind constantly with the dread of what's happening in the world, which most of it isn't even real. No. There's so many amazing things that are happening on the earth, but nobody wants to watch it. Everybody wants to watch it. No, this COVID thing is crap. Let me just say <laughs> Don't that. Start that. I'm sorry. Don't start that. The, the, the thing I want to add to that is I forgot now because you were talking. The Oh, the fear of... 
uh, of you, your parents didn't make it. They got divorced. Yeah. It didn't work. They weren't a very good parent. Uh, that's fear. As like, as you're afraid of all these other things, you're afraid you're not going to be a good parent. The truth is, is you're not, you're going to suck at it. And that's part of it. And you're going to cut older people are going to come around you and you're going to raise your children in a village setting that we've been talking about. And you don't have to worry as much if you'll submit yourself to that kind of community, that kind of. Yeah. And um, Brittany Stepp, I'm sure you wouldn't mind me sharing this because I know this is this is your platform child. But she was scared of just pregnancy and the whole thing. She didn't really you know, it was just like overwhelming to her. And she called me when she found out she was pregnant and I prayed with her and then just ease came over her. And now she's like this ethereal dream mom that's actually <laughs> leading. She literally is is calling young women out and saying, if you're afraid of pregnancy, call me. If you're afraid to have a baby, call me because I was afraid of all these things and I've overcome it. And I can tell you how to do it. She said, I have, I was with her one night at, uh, we were just eating wine and cheese and stuff like that. And she was like, oh, you're afraid of that? Come sit by me. I'm going to pray for you. I have this, I have authority in this now. And she prayed over this woman who wasn't even married at the time, but she's like, you don't need to be afraid of this. I wow. was afraid of it. And it's, it's like, it is a natural thing, but I think that there's, um, this like, self like sacrificing like we didn't post that we were up all night with our babies we just were right and we didn't post that we have to have coffee because you just do and we didn't post that we have to oh it's seven o'clock or five o'clock or i don't care what time it is i have wine because i have kids yeah it isn't always easy but nothing in life that's worth having is easy that's right. and it's only a season they don't stay in that sounds so forever. old that statement i know <laughs> I love it. It's just a good statement. It's yeah. true that nothing in life worth having is easy. It is, and especially your babies, they're not going to be easy. And as they get older, they get dumber sometimes. <laughs> and so it's just hard <laughs> to be a parent and it's hard to be a son and a daughter. Uh, and that's okay because but what else is there? What else is there? I what mean, else are you gonna it, do? God is a God of family. Right. And I think this is why this has become our platform more than ever is we are, we believe in family. And we have had to fight, 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 fight for our family. Yes. And, and we'll keep fighting. And we'll keep fighting. Family. And we've had to fight for our marriage. And we've had to fight for our kids and all the different <clears> things. <throat> and I think that's what it's time to do. I think America needs to stand up and fight for their families. All right. Okay. So are we going to do part three on women? I think that we should go through the seasons of, of um, you know, just the seasons of motherhood. Okay. And just... Um, encouragement if someone's holding a newborn right now or encouragement if somebody has a wild teenager right now that sleepless nights are almost the same as newborns to teenagers. Yes. And there is a reason why you have children when you're relatively young, because I couldn't probably do the newborn. The thing energy right is not there. No, yeah. it's not there. Okay. So we're going to go through the seasons the, of womanhood. The seasons of womanhood and motherhood. And the, what it looks like. What it looks like. And awesome. I might have some good advice Yeah, because I, I did it wrong and I can tell you not to do it. Things we've learned from doing it wrong. Yeah. Welcome to our podcast. Okay. Any questions, any comments, GaryandLisaBlack.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook at Gary and Lisa Black and on Instagram, Gary and Lisa Black. Um, we love your likes. We love your comments. We love your questions, your suggestions, your pushback, your good feedback, right? It's a bit different than <laughs> criticism, um, but bring it. We want it all. And if you listen to the podcast and you want to go in there and write a review, that would be awesome, especially a positive review. Because Why did you put my hands down? Because I'm I knew you wouldn't stop. No, I knew you wouldn't stop talking unless I physically <laughs> wow. stopped you. Wow, my wife knows me. All right. God bless you guys. Awesome time. We will see you next week.